Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox, back for another episode of Innovation and Compliance. Today, I have with me David McLaughlin. David is the president, uh, founder, and CEO of Quantiverse. And Quantiverse has one of the most innovative tools, uh, I think, in compliance. Uh, They use uh, a a learning tool, artificial intelligence, to improve several aspects of the compliance experience, from that of a traditional chief compliance officer to a chief audit executive to help in the fight against fraud and a wide range of other corporate malfeasance. So, uh, David, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. It's great to be here with you, Tom. Thank you. So I was wondering if you might be able to tell us a little bit about, uh, starting with banks, how banks can use AI to help identify the types of transactions uh, that uh, clients who may be involved in criminal activity are using to move money around with. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, an artificial intelligence tool, uh, you know, properly built, uh, is something that can be used to find instances of uh, criminality, money laundering, uh, corruption, bribery, uh, like you mentioned, any uh, corporate malfeasance that a traditional uh, transaction monitoring engine cannot find. You know, the traditional rules-based engine is, is if, again, written the right way, is very good at finding uh, instances of transactions that violate a rule. I send a wire to Mexico that violates a rule, a flag is raised, the person grabs that flag, that alert, and investigates it and makes a a determination. But if a criminal behaves in a way that doesn't violate a rule, a specific written line of code, then that rules-based engine, that TMS, is not going to find that uh, uh, instance of criminality. And that's what AI does very, very well. It Instead of uh, being based on a rules type of engine, it's examining vast amounts of data, vast amounts of transactions, the parties to those transactions, and is looking for things that are anomalous. And by anomalous, that can be things it's never seen before or things that are too, I'll say too normal. You know, something that is essentially right down the middle of the fairway. Uh, you know, the old story is Bernie Madoff had a, a two handicap at every scorecard he submitted into the handicap system was two over par. Anyone that golfs knows that that never happens. You know, no one is that exact and that perfect. So an AI engine, by looking for anomalies, can look at things that has never happened before and can look and find the things that, that are too commonplace and and um, too narrowly defined. And, and, and by doing those, uh, by finding those kinds of things, it's much more effective than a, a rules-based engine. It can evolve with as the criminals evolve. It can it can find new things that they're doing that uh, don't make sense and and really help a compliance officer and audit executive, um, you know, manage and minimize the risks of of the of the um, criminals. David, one of the uh, issues uh, I'm in Texas, so I'm uh, pretty sensitive to money laundering along the Texas-Mexico border, and one of the things many branch banks have uh, come up against is uh, what's called de-risking, 
where they're actually pulling accounts and sometimes even closing branches because they don't feel like they can adequately police uh, along the lines of the requirements of uh, anti-money laundering laws. But that problem really exists across the world. And many big banks yeah. uh, have that problem in emerging uh, markets, uh, third world countries, uh, smaller jurisdictions, and those prone to corruption. And I was wondering how uh, it's it's my understanding that this tool can actually help banks move past de-risking and allow them to operate um, in compliance uh, and profitably in those jurisdictions. Sure. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Tom. And and you're exactly right. It's a it is a local problem, as you mentioned, down in Texas, and it is a global uh, problem as well with emerging economies and and uh, helping those emerging economies have access to the global financial system. Um, and, and you're right as well as these technologies uh, can be used to help with that de-risking uh, challenge. You, you know, one of the things that I am often telling my uh, our clients is that the to me, the first things, one of the first things that they should do with these technologies is fix their false negative problem. False negative problem, the industry estimates that there's upwards of 50% of criminal activity, criminal money movement through the system never gets flagged, uh, never flagged and never alerted, so never investigated. And so these technologies, as I was just mentioning, are very good at identifying and resolving that false negative problem. And so, you know, I, I think this can be a huge uh, uh, societal benefit by not having to de-risk out of these economies, and it can be a huge revenue benefit for the companies by solving the false negative problem and having confidence that you will find the criminal activities. And then once you're able to do that and the regulators are comfortable you're able to do that, then you can go into these dangerous or these risky economies and know that you're finding the bad guys. And when you're finding the bad guys, you know, the flip side of that coin is, you know, who you can do business with without uh, taking on a whole lot of risk. So these technologies are, are, are really good at helping somebody um, not have to de-risk out of markets, economies, product lines, uh, segments of consumers, segments of clients that um, they really don't want to de-risk from. David, I see actually a lot of societal benefit in that because if the regulations are so robust or so onerous, I suppose, if the flip side that uh, companies cannot or don't feel that they can do business uh, safely uh, within an acceptable risk parameter, number one, it will drive that conduct underground if it truly is nefarious conduct. But number two, it takes away uh, the ability of those small small markets, emerging markets, third world markets, whatever they may be called, from having access to global financial capital. And that can lead to a whole new round of illicit money flowing in if you can't get it through the regular illicit uh, channels. So I really see this as a, a potential solution to uh, something that's been troubling the uh, financial markets for quite some time now, at least since 9-11. Completely. I mean, we all want and should want emerging economies to be part of this uh, system, you know, because when they're part of the uh, part of that system, it helps their economies grow. It pulls them out of poverty. Um, they're, you know, they're, there's certainly evidence and research that shows when an economy is coming out of poverty, they're less inclined to um, uh, take on terrorist activities, to engage in criminality, to you know do things that uh, aren't to the benefit of society. So 
it is certainly uh, helpful for all of us to to uh, be uh, keep the financial system engaged in these emerging economies and help uh, pull folks out of poverty. Besides, it's just it's the right thing to do. I mean, we want people around the world not to have to live in abject poverty, and access to capital and access to the financial system is key to that. So, yeah, I think it's a. You're exactly right, Tom. Is it's a it's a huge societal benefit by uh, allowing companies to stay and provide these services. David, I'd now like to turn to the uh, efficiency problem that AI can help a compliance industry uh, solve or resolve. Uh, one of the things I think about the banking and financial sector is, in addition to having uh, robust regulations around money laundering, they're very detailed. And it's it's more than simply don't engage in money laundering. There's a series of specific steps you have to take. In my world uh, that I generally uh, came out of, which is the anti-corruption uh, compliance world, uh, while the rule was don't pay bribes, the rest of it was sort of left open. So uh, you don't have that sort of robust regulatory framework. But that has led, uh, and, and of course, I'm a lawyer, and uh, one thing we lawyers are not is efficient. So um, one of the things that I've observed in my 10 plus years in compliance is the inefficiencies in the compliance uh, space, particularly the anti-corruption compliance space. And I was wondering if you might be able to address some of the inefficiencies that you've observed in that space and how AI can help with this inefficiency problem. Yeah, I mean, it it has been terribly inefficient. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head for the reason why is it's been very human uh, dependent in in the past. And, um, you know, while we humans bring um, a huge... Um, benefit to the table on these problems. We're, you know, we're able to to sort through and make judgments and and make decisions based on on uh, our experiences and based on the needs of our the organizations that we work for. We're not very good at at analyzing huge amounts of data, at researching quickly. We're not good at quickly analyzing huge amounts of data and researching um, uh, various facts that need to be researched. And it was just a it's a limitation of humans and, and what it is that we can do in an efficient manner like this. And the, the one thing in, you know, compliance and, and anti-corruption and, and anti-money laundering is huge amounts of data really need to be looked at to adjudicate a, a, a case. I mean, you just, there's so many different ways that a criminal will, will uh, move money and um, uh, engage in a, in, uh, cases of bribery that, you know, you have to uncover, every investigator knows you got to uncover a lot of rocks, turn them a lot over and, and look at a lot of things. And it just takes a very long time for a person to do that. And that's what a, what a, a technology like a, um, the Quantiverse has, an AI-based type of technology can do very quickly is examine vast amounts of data, vast amounts of historical transactions, vast amounts of, of uh, connections between types of companies and, and what, what looks right and what doesn't look right, and, and really you know, take a case and, and boil it down to its most important factors and then allow a human to, to decide whether, in fact, that that is a risk for, the, for their organizations or not. So all that preliminary work that you're familiar with that goes into compliance and corruption is something that can be uh, uh, heavily automated, highly automated, 
It can uh, be more consistent in the quality. Uh, you know, people get tired. They do different work in the morning than they do in the afternoon. They take time off. They have bad days. They have good days. None of those, pro they bring bias to the table. None of those problems come to the forefront when you have um, an AI-based engine doing that kind of work. So, David, as innovative as what you have just described in terms of speed, depth, breadth, and scope is, uh, the one thing I really was struck by on the Quantiverse tool is that it can move uh, beyond a simple preset key indicator of a potential risk, um, almost uh, to be adapted to see any anomaly, even if it's not one that I, as a chief compliance officer, might be looking for. I was wondering if you could explain that a little bit. Yeah, well, I think the, the best explanation is uh, with an example. Um, and this is my favorite example of this because it really highlights how these technologies can be used beyond just, a, you know, a key indicator that you're, you're mentioning. It's, there's a, a, a series of cases of um, facts that we, pieces of data that we got around uh, um, a business in Southeast Asia is actually a, a, a fishing fleet. And, um, you know, there was nothing abnormal about the data that we got. Uh, the transactions weren't abnormal. The, the, the volume of them, the, the size of them didn't seem to be abnormal. They were, you know, transactions that were being used to, to buy bait and do maintenance and fuel and, and all those kind of things that a fishing fleet needs to, to be able to go out to sea and catch fish and, and bring back and, and sell to the market. So uh, a traditional system that looked for some key indicator never would have seen anything um, abnormal about that. And now, what an AI engine can do, what it did do, was recognize that there is a key missing component of the financials of that uh, organization. And that key missing component was payroll, or the payroll that was being submitted through the, through the uh, transaction systems weren't of the size that a fishing fleet should have been at that um, uh, that size of boats. So Southeast Asia, unfortunately, is a hotbed of human trafficking and uh, fishing fleets are, are often using uh, human slaves to, to go out and um, work those boats. And so, <clears throat> again, a key indicator never would have identified that um, the lack of payroll was an issue because it doesn't look for things that are missing. But an AI engine would say, I've never seen that before. I've seen hundreds of these businesses operate. I've seen millions of these transactions and it's never operated before where there hasn't been payroll. And so that can, that is a, a great example of how this type of technology can find uh, criminality and, um, uh, um, you know, something nefarious through, through transactions that um, had been unfound before. So, David, uh, one of the other uh, true innovations, I think, uh, that Quantiverse and yourself have brought is you've been able to take uh, the basics of the AI uh, programs that you have designed and really uh, segregate those for specific markets within the corporate framework. And I'm speaking specifically of the Chief Audit Executive Checkup, which evaluates the effectiveness of audit investigations. And so I was wondering if you might be able to explain uh why um, audit executives are really limited in their investigations and what the tool the chief audit executive checkup can bring to that exercise. 
Sure. You know, audit execs are really um, uh, critical folks in um, a free enterprise economy. They're they're just <clears throat> we need corporate governance to work right for there to be trust in in the um, economy, and and part of that trust comes from that governance, and that governance needs to be checked to make sure that that people are doing their jobs correctly, that people are operating within the law. And that's what, a, that's what our art audit people, you know, do and, and, and um, uh, hold themselves accountable uh, to doing. So the really critical uh, pieces of our economy is having an audit function that works. And the folks that are doing that, for, you know, by and large, are, you know, everyone that I've ever met are, are just fantastic at, at doing their job. Um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes they're tools. They're not revenue generating organizations within a within a corporate structure, and sometimes their tools are are uh, somewhat out of date, and sometimes they're uh, highly manual in, in nature. And so, you know, a typical example of that is an audit executive will go if they're looking for corruption or they're looking for money laundering inside of an organization. They'll go and they'll take a relatively small sample of data pull that data out and audit it to see if um, things were done correctly, see if the process was done correctly, see if reporting was done correctly against those, those transactions. And anytime you're looking at a limited set of data, you're hoping that statistically it's relevant and that if there is some sort of uh, governance challenge inside an organization, that statistically you will pick that up in that sample. But sometimes that doesn't work. And sometimes the instances, uh, you know, this is an asymmetric risk. Sometimes the instances of uh, acting outside of a uh, defined culture and outside of the, the governance structure is one or two bad actors inside of a company. But that asymmetric risk could mean that that one or two bad actors can be really detrimental to a uh, organization, both financially, as in uh, fines that they will pay if they get caught and uh, reputationally as you, you know, no one wants their name in the front page of the paper because of these types of issues. So, you know, what this type of a tool is able to do is to give an audit executive the ability to do more than a small, relatively small random sample of whatever uh, a part of their company that they're, they're auditing. They can virtually go in now grab every piece of data that they uh, need to grab and truly audit it to, to make sure whether um, uh, things are um, um, in line with what the organization expects. They can grab every expense report of overseas agents to make sure that those expense reports um, are in line with what you would expense, uh, expect those overseas agents to be, to be doing to conduct their business. So you can, you can audit every transaction out of a, um, a corporate GL to make sure that those transactions are, in fact, uh, normal and uh, expected and lined up with the contracts that they have in place. All of that now can be a wholesale activity that an audit executive can have at their fingertips to be able to, to use to really ensure that um, there are no uh, bad actors or stray uh, agents inside their organizations that are that are uh, putting the organization at risk. David, you said a phrase in there that really struck me. You said that transactions which are normal and expected, and that really seems to me to encapsulate 
the power of this innovation that Quantiverse has come up with that it can look at just a huge number of transactions in anything that is either not normal or is unexpected can be flagged for a further investigation. That's exactly right. And that's one of the key things that we do is, you know, when you say the word expected, I'm glad you brought that out. You're talking a little bit about predictive. And and so that's part of what this technology can do is to be predictive in what things should look like in the future. And it can take out seasonality. It can take out the impact of a growing economy. It can take out the impact of uh, foreign exchange differences that might look make uh, transactions look abnormal. It can it can it can um, uh, make sure that all of those <clears throat> um, expected um, types of variations in a in a transaction flow aren't highlighted to, to indicate a problem. It really can it can predict what a organization should be doing on a regular basis. And then it can find the things that are unexpected based on what that that prediction looks like or what that prediction says it should look like. And if I could tie that back to a point you made earlier, which was the uh, the AI tool could not only look uh, on a predictive basis, but it could flag a transaction which it had never seen before, uh, whether that be an unexpected transaction and a different kind of transaction or something that was, was truly anomalous. Uh, and that really, uh, the word expected there uh, encapsulates that concept because if you have a discount, if you have a, tra- uh, a payment, if you have a revenue recognition issue that is for the first time ever, that certainly warrants uh, additional investigation, uh, even to see if it can be replicated and made uh, incorporated into your uh, P&L statements. Yeah, that's right. And and not just the size of the transactions and the velocity and and the volume of those transactions, but the parties to them as well. Uh, you know, so so think about um uh seeing some sort of of transaction between a third-party agent that is uh supposedly operating to your benefit and a um a party that you the organization has not seen before, didn't know about. And that that party is uh, somewhat risky in nature. I mean, it, it can also identify not just the transactions themselves and the risks of those, but the parties to those transactions and whether they're presenting risk. Well, this has uh, been a fascinating exploration with David McLaughlin, the founder and CEO of Quantiverse, one of the true innovators in compliance through the use of artificial intelligence. David, I wanted to thank you, and I look forward to uh, seeing what <laughs> the next innovation of Quantiverse is. Hey, I appreciate your time, uh, Tom, and uh, we're always pushing the envelope on that. We're continuing to develop capabilities and and services that are that are going to uh, continue to root out this problem and help our clients uh, have better organizations at a at a cheaper cost as well. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.